Shall we begin? everybody welcome back to a brand new episode of the frankly francisco podcast today my guest has a plethora of experience in a ton of different areas meditation uh she's written uh, written best-selling uh, uh award-winning books uh i'd like to introduce everybody to ambika davy um, ambika davy <laughs> I know it's not that easy, Francisco. It's not it's not something we hear in the western part of the world, but in the eastern part it's quite common, kind of like John. So Ambika, how how did your name come about? Where did the name come from? It was given to me when I was studying at Shivananda Ashram at their Bahamas location. And can you elaborate a little bit more on, on and are those, is that like yo, uh, yogis? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It is yogis. Uh, this is an actual living ashram and they have locations around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have temples and they do pujas all throughout the day. There's a, what's called a tantric priest. Tantra is actually an older word. People are using it more for a couple's relationship. Right. Yeah title but tantra is actually what yoga is uh the whole idea of all these sanskrit words like my name and i'm going to say sanskrit and sanskrit for you it's samskritam so samskritam so it's easier in english to say sanskrit Uh. Uh, all of these words are sanskrit and uh they have very unique pronunciations and deep deep meanings Uh, So, yes, I was there studying. I studied a lot of different topics there, and I continue to study the Bhagavad Gita with them on a weekly basis in a Zoom class, which is kind of cool. So do you consider yourself a yogi? Are you a yogi yourself? I'm pretty sure everybody does. One of my nicknames nicknames is Yogini Yoda. Uh, So I'm considered a Yoda of yoga. And uh, I have a master's degree in it from the Hindu University, which uh, yoga, most people think of stretchy pants and doing exercises and all these Cirque du Soleil poses we see on social media. But yoga is a vast tree of knowledge. And the asana, the postures, are just one branch of a multi-branched tree. So yes, I've been studying meditation and yoga since I was six years old. I received my first teacher's training certification for yoga when I was 18 years old. And I have been certified in five different schools. Two of them are ashram lineages. So ashrams are living temples. And the Shivananda ashram is known for being very disciplined. Uh, The practice is what's called Raja Yoga, and it is the most disciplined um, form that has uh, many different uh, areas that are, are taught. Shivananda is based on the philosophy of Swami Shivananda, and Swami Shivananda believed that it's good to have an integrated type of yoga practice because there are main schools. There's bhakti, which is devotional and chanting. We see a lot of kirtan 
you know, and people singing and chanting in uh, Sanskrit and other languages. And then there's um, uh, also uh, Jnana Yoga, which is the yoga of knowledge, studying these ancient texts that are written in Sanskrit. Um, there's Raja Yoga, which very vigorous practices take place. And the Shivananda Ashram says it's Raja Yoga, but then also all of these four. And the fourth, most important, is Karma Yoga. And Karma Yoga is selfless service. So um, I think a lot of spiritual organizations and groups do their best to teach, you know, learn, learn things. You know, that would be the knowledge and uh, sing and chant and pray. That would be that devotional part. Be nice to each other. Do kind things for each other. That's the selfless service. And and then uh, be disciplined. So and uh, practice. But you, I mean, it's amazing. You have 13,000 plus hours of study. 13,000. more by now. <laughs> that is. <laughs> that was the last time I counted. <laughs> that is. I mean, that that's amazing. Like just the, just the effort and the discipline that you've put into your craft is amazing, but it's just not that you actually also have a bachelor's degree in astrology and in fine arts. So how that is, I know it's mind blowing. Take a moment, everybody, (laughs) (laughs) everybody breathe. Let's all exhale. How does that? So, so (laughs) does the meditation, does the yoga and the meditation actually feed into the astrology as well? They're the same That's a great question. Fantastic question. I'm so happy you asked me that. Uh, Yoga, as I said, is a vast body of knowledge. All these practices, the study, the selfless service, everything are there to teach you to be able to focus and clear your mind so that you can meditate. Yoga has two sisters. One is Ayurveda. You might have heard of this. Ayurveda is now becoming more and more popular for herbal remedies and recipes. And Ayurveda also has a part of it, which is kind of like feng shui. It's called vastu, the art of placement. And both of these, Ayurveda and yoga, have a third sister named Jyotisha, and that's astrology. So the West has not really clued into these three all belong together. Mm-hmm. And uh organizations like transcendental meditation have you heard of that i have not ah okay tm it's usually called uh people like russell brand study that and practice transcendental meditation my professor who i'm still studying with and maybe one day i'll get a phd from uh he's one of the early instructors of transcendental meditation he studied with the originator in India. And uh, so all of these uh, styles are interrelated, but in TM, you're given a mantra that's yours and shh, don't tell anyone. But I, I can tell you it's based on the placement of the moon in your birth chart. They're taking in your astrological information, they're looking at a specific compartment in your astrological chart, and there is that sound that bija sound it's a seed sound bija means seed and that seed sound is resonant with your heart i know yeah i've never like 
Yeah, this is all brand new to me. Like I've heard of, you know, people, I've heard of yoga, people meditating. I didn't realize how deep it actually really goes mm. and how committed uh, people are to this, uh, to this craft specifically. Um, Cause you see a lot of, uh, you know, you see a lot of yogis now that are on like TikTok and on IG and it's just, sometimes it gets oversaturated with this stuff, but it's good to hear from somebody who is, actually putting in the effort and the time and the years in into their crack. I mean, you've trained over 19,000 people. It's, I mean, but I'm in my sixties, but look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not using a filter. Right. Right. This is me. Uh, I was out in the sun today. Um, and uh, I started when I was six, let's do the math, you know, I started teaching when I was 18. There so have you... been many teachers that I've received from. And then I was certified uh, in five different schools over all those decades. So that's a lot of study, right? Mm -hmm. I continue to study at the ashram that I feel like is my home, which is Shivananda. And uh, so I'm always, I, every week I go to a class. So do you teach yourself? Do you still teach? Are you when teaching I'm classes? saying yoga, though, you're thinking physical exercise. When I'm saying it, I'm talking about philosophy. Oh, oh, okay. you see, let's go back to what I said earlier. The asana, the physical practice is one branch on a very huge tree. But what happened was people came over from India they there was a physical practice there are ancient postures there are a lot of modern postures that people use in yoga flexibility training has found its way into yoga those are different things can you become more flexible from a physical yoga practice absolutely can you become stronger absolutely but yoga also is teaching you nutrition what to do with your mind it's body mind and spirit as a matter of fact remember i said yoga has two sisters yeah so it's yoga ayurveda and jyotisha guess what yoga's for the mind Ayurveda's for the body and Jyotisha's for the spirit. That's where body, mind, spirit came from. Deepak Chopra started saying that body, mind, spirit, but it was translation of what these three daughters of the Vedas, the body of science, where all of this comes from. So the chakras, is that, is that part of, of what you yes. teach as well? Well, I can. I mean, I, I actually people I have taught, I have lots of curriculum on it. And uh, most recently, I wrote a lot of curriculum for a little online school. And uh, I have since left that position, but I'm taking all of that curriculum and making it into a book. Uh, I needed to uh, take a, a break from things mm -hmm. uh, over the last few years of intense writing about it because I was uh, grieving and getting over a death of my mother. Sorry and so, oh, no, no. Death is a doorway just like birth. We don't have to be sorry about it. But we do need to honor when people feel and grieve. And um, so I had written a lot of poetry uh, about her and about uh, past lovers and um, 
just thoughts about my family and growing up because I'm in a writing group with a lot of people who write memoirs. So it kind of, it, it kind of infected me. You know, I started writing kind of memoir pieces. And uh, so I was working on the curriculum project as one or two books. I'm not sure how many it will end up being, but yes, chakras are going to be in there. But then I ended up writing a book to kind of work through all my feelings. And that's my newest book. It's called Cupid is a Bastard. I, I told you about it earlier before we started recording. And it's got, it's got a lot of love. It's definitely got yoga. Look, I mean, here's a picture from my, from my master's thesis uh, for those of you watching on YouTube. Sorry about those of you listening. Um, it's devoted to a lot of friends and family and also people who have died. Uh, lots and lots for my mom. And uh, it just, you know, we go through all these feelings. I've been counseling people as an astrologer since oh, a long, long time. I mean, I, I didn't get my degree um, until 2003, but I had already been studying it. I had apprenticed with a famous astrologer from the Bay Area in San Francisco. And I, I ghost wrote for her when she started making a website. Um, so... It all intertwines, Francisco. I, I mean, I can easily tell you all the highways and spur routes that get from one place to another. And yes, when I was younger and I was going from this thing to that thing to this thing and really diving into it, people, you know, there were people that judged and thought I was nuts. And, you know, I still have people. I, I was in a group a couple years ago to learn how to design an online course. I wanted to learn from a pro, from somebody that I felt had made a really amazing online course. And uh, I actually was one of the people that talked him into teaching this. And somebody from his team was really doing a lot of the facilitating of the course because she's the one who helped him design it. And so she liked my idea. I created a course. It is published. It's called End Sleep Envy. And it's to help people get to sleep. And I'm using ideas from yoga from my years of teaching holistic health. I did that for 21 years at the university level. And uh, she was screaming at me one day, pick a lane, pick a lane. I'm like, you know what? I so appreciate everything you've helped me with. But you're de we're done because yeah. that's not who I am. So I worked uh, for a long time, you know, figuring it out. And it, it transmorphs and transmutes. And I coach people on taking their passions like I have, figuring out how they all weave together and then helping them to become entrepreneurs and following their dreams and their passions. So with the astrology, let's let's. Take that back a tick. There's always muddied opinion about astrology. You know what I mean? It's it's you know people think it's you know it's 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 wacky, it's cuckoo. You know what I mean? But people <laughs> don't understand. But people don't understand. You know, you you actually studied this stuff. You have yes. a intimate knowledge about it. Yes. So why do you think there's such a stigma around astrology? Well, let's just look at the the class progression when I went to school for astrology, uh, for Western or tropical astrology, because I've also studied Jyotisha, which is Eastern Vedic astrology. 
So I speak both languages, and I've also been in the middle of the debates about which one's better. So I started off with over 30 people in my class. And by the time we graduated, there were five of us. Wow. Okay? So that's how people dropped off in, in the class. For whatever reasons. They couldn't handle the math. It's calculus. They couldn't handle the astronomy. There's more calculus. They couldn't handle the mythology. Maybe they couldn't handle the creative writing. I wrote for newspapers and periodicals. You have to learn how to do that. There are formulas involved with doing that. And then there's counseling. You have to be a really great counselor. So yes, I used to write what I call pop astrology, which is horoscope stuff. But I think it is really useless at most levels because I know the formula of how to write it. I know what goes into it. It gets super redundant unless new writers come on the teams. If you're writing a daily, I almost took a job uh, but said no thank you, gracefully and gratefully, to the New York Daily News. I would have been the 13th astrologer on that team to write a daily. And then it, it has, you know, editors and the master astrologer to make sure it's all in their voice. But I didn't want to do it. I, you know, it just was like, our styles were too different. I could have, but I... It, it would not have made me happy. This is something else really important. We all have to understand about ourselves as entrepreneurs. If it's not making us happy, stop doing it. Yeah, I like the freedom that you have in what you want to do. You can, you don't necessarily have to box yourself in. And I like the fact that you've jumped from one thing to the other and you've mastered all those things that you've jumped into and you're still learning from those things, which is a beautiful thing. Cause we, doesn't matter how old you are. We can still learn something new every day. We didn't learn it. We didn't know the day before, which is fantastic, but you literally been all over the place. You've been on TV. Yes. Uh, you've been on radio. Yes. How does that go? Like, how does you go? How do you go from like <laughs> anything in the performing arts is right place at the right time? I mean, I was a musician. I played in bands. Uh, I, I just posted something on social media yesterday. Um, a, a famous author, you know, somebody who's one of my favorite authors, Christopher Moore, who is just hilarious and incredible. Uh, he just came out with a new book called Razzmatazz. And uh, we're always chatting on Twitter. And uh, I, I saw something that he posted because he's just now doing a book tour. I mean, book tours, what happened to that during the pandemic? There's so many people that shut down and needed to pivot. But because I do all these other things, I mean, back in 2016, I said to myself one day, I want to figure out how to make video courses really well. I want to figure out how to work in cyberspace. I want the freedom of just being able to work out of my cell phone and be okay. I don't have to travel with anything bigger, you know, and I figured it out, but it takes some doing. Um, but anyway, I was digging through pictures and I found these uh, band pictures from when I had a group of drummers that I was the leader of, because uh, I'm a percussionist and a vocalist. So I taught African drumming, Latin drumming. I played Native American drumming, you know, all kinds of percussion from duos to 19-piece orchestras. And I I found these, I was looking for these pictures of Chris and I, 
And I found these pictures from when I was leading a drum group for Doseki beers with Doseki girls, you know, and and we were all airbrushed by the artist who does the models in Sports Illustrated. So I posted a bunch of those on my social media. Go look for them, everybody. <laughs> and somebody was asking me like, whoa, you know, what is this? I know it's a lot of stuff, but hey, you know, I'm, I'm a Scorpio sun. I will say there are some things about pop astrology or, or trying to uh, reduce it into a phrase or an idea that do work. I mean, there are things. Scorpio's motto is I create. I took that seriously as a little kid when I learned that. I was like, okay, you know, and I just got into my creativity and bless my parents. They supported it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You are right with the uh, you know with the uh, the pop astrology because Virgo. I'm a Virgo, and Virgos always get a bad rap for some reason. I, I don't know why. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't think it's that they get the bad rap. It's that we all kind of gravitate to that information. You know, we all have positive attributes. I mean, Scorpio's bad rap is being a backstabber. Yeah, that's not nice. But there is a there's a dark astrology book that's really funny. I highly recommend it. It's it's on my shelf, but I'm plugged in right now, so I would be like, eh, you know, and fall over if I tried to get it. But uh, remind me, and I'll I'll uh, send it. I think it's called uh, Dark Dark Astrology, and it's just humorous and funny. It's just the dark side of the signs. One of the thing with me though, as a, you know, and it's true though, this and it's true as a Virgo, I get I can be very obsessive when it comes to things. I like you know, things sometimes a certain way I like to have, you know, uh, I would say control, but not control. It's like, my, for me, it's control chaos. My life is all about control chaos. And people don't understand when I tell them that, like things are out of disarray. If you look at my life, people go, everything's out of whack. It's not, everything's not out of whack. Everything is working the way it should be just chaotically. Well, um, there's something to be said for organized chaos. I, I like that too. Um, I think there's different ways we can we can look at it, but what we need to understand is there are 12 houses, 360 degrees in a single astrological chart. All 12 houses, all of the planets, whatever ones you're using, and I use also some asteroids. I use mathematical points in space that come from Arabic astrology. I, mean, I use a lot of stuff. And like I said, I mean, my astronomy teacher when I went to school for astrology used to be a logistics officer for the U.S. Navy. Wow. I mean, I did not study with sundry astrologers with YouTube channels. <laughs> Please excuse me, all of you uh, YouTube astrologers. And I do write things. I just wrote a blog post, and it has an audio track for this total lunar eclipse we just had. And I've had tons of people say, wow, thank you. It makes so much sense now. You know, that's what we should be doing. We shouldn't be just dropping little, you know, bombs about, ooh, Scorpio new, you know, Scorpio full moon, Total lunar eclipse, strawberry moon, super moon. You know, do you even know what any of that means or where it came from? Strawberry moon comes from old lore. And uh, because many of those names that are nature-like for the different full moons have to do with the seasons and planting. And that's what tropical astrology is. The argue... The argument about sidereal time versus tropical time. Tropical time is based on the seasons on the earth, and we are using geocentric location, meaning you're on the planet. 
There's also different house systems. There's some house systems that only use the equator. I use one that has latitude and longitude. I mean, if you don't understand the math and what's in it, you're not going to understand what you're reading. And you know what? I don't care which system you're reading as long as you're accurate. So you you write a ton from the books, the amount of books that I saw on your website. You have a bunch of books out. I do. And, and you continue to keep writing. Now, the type of yogi you are, you're a philosopher. Do you... Have you written, are you continuously to write books on your philosophy as a yogi? Is that going to continue for you? My philosophy of being a yogi is in all of my books. You see, my first book is a novel about relationships, about the fact that there's the divine masculine and the divine feminine and everything. This was my thesis for my master's thesis. So I looked at my master's thesis and I got my degree and I thought, who's going to read this? You know, it's all kinds of Sanskrit and curriculum. And I thought, hmm, I'll put it in this novel I'm working on and uh, teach about that. And then my second book is a book that's an introduction to the cosmology that is yoga and part of yoga, Jyotisha, Ayurveda. And it's an introduction to Ayurveda and meditation. It's called Unfolding Happiness. My third book is poetry. I've always loved writing poetry. And they say, you know, it pays to be a good poet when you're writing other stuff. And, and then my, uh, my fifth book is uh, actually a fifth and sixth book. Um, wait, did I miss one? Uh, one, two, three. Let's see. Wizard in the Wrench is poetry. And then um, identifying... Uh, and honoring the goddess is an ebook. I made an ebook because I really wanted to do color pictures, and doing a hardbound for such a short book at that point in time didn't make sense. Uh, also, it was during the lockdown, the pandemic, and mm-hmm. I figured it would be more accessible. And then that's translated into Spanish, so that's another book. And then Cupid is a Bastard is uh, so four and five is the goddess book, and Cupid is a Bastard is poetry, flash fiction. It started with a short story that I, I was prompted to write uh, called, and then I titled it Cupid is a Bastard, and I wove it through all of uh, the book. So even when I sat down to do this book with my editor uh, and my art department, uh, it's my publishing label, so they're my team, um, they kind of went pie-eyed on me, like, uh, how are we going to do this? I was like, don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, I can see it. I can back up and see. I guess that's kind of my gift, Francisco. And this is why why I uh, am a great coach. Because whether you're stuck only seeing where you are right now and you can't figure out where you want to go, or you have this really big lofty idea of where you want to go in the future, you kind of know where you are right now, but you have no clue how to get there. That's when I'm really helpful. So let me ask you a question in, in the field you're in and what you do. And like I told you before, there's a lot of yogis on YouTube and TikTok. Do you feel sometimes, and it's like anything else, that people take advantage of other people in what you do as well? I don't feel taken advantage of. No, no, no. I mean, like, so other yogis taking advantage of other people. Like, it's it's... It's kind of Well, I uh, think we could kind of say that about any group of people that there are yeah. people who are givers and there are people who are takers, but 
Um, I, I'm not exactly understanding what you want me to so get it's, from this. It's just like, it's like church. It's like when you have uh, preachers that fleece their flocks, feast the people that they're supposedly trying to help. Ah. You, you see that in the industry as well with other yogis. <laughs> there have been many, many, uh, many a yogi who have gone down. Yes. Uh, look. One, you know, a great teacher of a teacher of mine, uh, Bapuji, he warned his disciple when he came to the U.S. Uh, and said to his teacher, his spiritual teacher back in India, he said, uh, I, I want to start an ashram. And his teacher said, you're building a snake pit in your backyard. Wow. Right? So... What happens is, did you see the life of Brian, the Monty Python movie? I had from that, no. Oh, it's pretty available and it's it's British humor. Uh, but there's a scene in it. It's a spoof. Um, Brian is like another. Uh, it's it's a little blasphemous if you're very religious. So whoever's listening, if that tweaks you, uh, it's just a movie. It's comedy, and I don't see any boundaries on comedy. But. Uh, it's, it's kind of a spoof on the life of Jesus, life of Brian. And at one point, Brian's listening to, you know, they're, they're, even in the Bible, it talks about all the different uh, people on their soapboxes preaching, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that not all of it is clear stuff to follow. Sound familiar, social media followers? <laughs> I mean, like, how many soapboxes are there now? Yeah. I, I mean, it's crazy if you get into TikTok, if you allow yourself in, right? I mean, Instagram and Facebook were enough, but or LinkedIn or whichever way you're going. There's a lot of those soapboxes. And then... So there's a scene where Brian's running and he loses a sandal and somebody picks it up and goes, follow the shoe. <laughs> That's your answer. <laughs> you, I, you know what? I it's love like you. It's the tick, you know, like spoon. <laughs> I love your energy. It's infectious. Yeah, I mean, you just, you're full of life. You're, you know, you're out there. You just want in, to enjoy what you do, which is a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. But what have you found to be the biggest pain point in what you do? What has been the biggest challenge for you in what you do? Oh, there's been plenty. You know, you, you live multiple decades. You find, you find yourself uh, experiencing this. And something I, I tell my clients on a daily basis is I speak to many, 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 many people every week uh, is that, you know, we all go through these sign curves of ups and downs and we, I have a client who wants to step back in the same place in the river. You know, do you know what I mean? Like you can't mm -hmm. step in the same place in the river. You may have experienced such love, such incredible intensity, such physical passion and connection. It could be in an art form. It could be in a jam session with musicians. It could be in lovemaking. It could be, it could be in a conversation that lasts all night, you know, and then that person disappears into the, into the world and you never see them again, or, or you could experience deep, deep pain, but you, you can't experience the same thing twice. And the levels that you get, if you get really low, deep, hurt, depressed, that gives you the ability to go to the opposite end of the, of the spectrum that high. 
But what happens is, and same, if you hit a really high note, you know, when that's taken away from you, guess what? You're going to feel loss. And anytime we feel loss or death, it brings up the whole list, even if you're not a list keeper, you know? And <sighs> we have to, you know, we're here for evolution. That's the yogic philosophy. The whole reason of what am I doing here is you, this is how I see it. We're like feathering fragments from a central oneness we talk about oneness like if you're a fan of reggae you hear about you know one love and one heart well yogis say one soul one soul we are suffering from amnesia and delusion thinking we are not that one soul but we're like a feathering fractal of it and the whole joke of human existence is to realize how to get into the slipstreams of love, but you got to work and put it out. You have to be grateful and you have to constantly give and give and give. So yeah, if you feel like you're giving and giving and you're not getting anything, then are you giving to yourself? That's what Cupid is a bastard is about because I lost a lot of people. I mean, my lovers died, you know, my family's gone animals and pets I grew up on a horse farm you know they're all gone their history I learned a lot about death early and and we learn about loss and our behavior relating to it from yeah. the people who raise us so we have to be careful with how we're turning that in on our own hearts and how we're making choices because just recently medical science has actually discovered i mean they've been saying for a while they've proven it that the brain is not the one making the good decisions it's the heart right it's the heart and now they've identified areas on the heart that are making the decisions why aren't we teaching this stuff to little kids so listen, uh, before we get out of here, where can everybody find you? I mean, I could talk to you for another five hours. You just I'll just, come back on. Yeah, I would love to want. have. Yes, I would love to have you back. We'll on. stay focused on single topics. We'll do a series. <laughs> it, it does, I, I love when we spread things out because it just we don't have to pick from one thing. And, that, and I think that's what I love about you is the fact that we just don't have to stay on one topic. Okay. We can, we can spread it out <laughs> on, on, in different locations. So where can people find you at? Okay, the best place to find me is at my website. So it's ambikadevi.com, A-M-B-I-K-A-D-E-V-I.com. Same name, ambikadevi, at Linktree. So Linktree, if you're not familiar, familiar it's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash forward slash and then my name ambika davy a-m-b-i-k-a-d-e-v-i you'll find everything my on my link tree my instagram youtube so you know my name is really common in the far east so not everything is slash ambika davy in some places i had to put a number or change it up a little put my you know ma after my name or things like that so Amika, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Sorry for butchering your name in the beginning. Uh, oh, it's not no, used to it's, saying it. No, it's adorable. <laughs> but, so before we get off, I like to leave with everybody what I always leave with. No matter what anybody tells you, if you found your purpose, live it. We will talk to you guys later. Have a good night.